So I got a friend named Wendell. And every November 11th, he gathers his family and he tells this unbelievable story when he was a chaplain in Vietnam. And on November 11th, whatever year it was, everybody in his platoon was ambushed and killed and God miraculously spared his life. And every November 11th, not because it's Veterans Day, because that was the anniversary of that traumatic, miraculous rescue, Wendell gathers his family, his wife, his kids, his grandkids, and he tells a story, keeps telling the story. There's this whole thing of remembering who God is and what he's done is at the heart of a lot of the Bible's teaching, whether it was putting a bunch of rocks in the middle of a river to remember how God took him out of Egypt into the promised land, whether it was celebrating the feast of the Passover to remember how God took him out of Egypt, whether it was Jesus saying, here's some bread and here's a cup for you to remember my death on your behalf. It's always been part of God's instruction for us as a people because I think we tend to forget, right? So we need to remember. And this is a time in our church's life where we look back and we remember. We remember who God is and how he showed up in our lives. We've been hearing about that. And I'm going to spend the next 15, 20 minutes just to talk about our great God, our good God, and how he has been at work in and through our lives in the ministries here. David writes this in Psalm 145. Let's read it all together because it's just fitting as we begin to celebrate what God has done this past year. Read it with me. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. And that's who we're celebrating and that's what we're celebrating. We're not celebrating Door Creek. We're not celebrating us. We're celebrating God. A God who's alive. A God who loves us, who cares about us, who's been working in us and a God who's been working through us. And just by way of reminder, if you're here new, let's just kind of go back to basics before we look back at this last year because everything that we did this last year had something to do with our mission. What is our mission? It's about changing people into devoted followers of Christ who change the world with his love. Or our our shortened version is changing lives to what? To change the world. Let's say it together. Changing lives to change the world. Changing lives to change the world means that we're going to be reaching those who do not know Christ and growing those who do. It's really wild. This thing, the church that we're a part of, if we're a member of God's family, we're a member of the church. It's the only institution that you're a part of today that you'll be part of the rest of your life. It's the only deal that lasts forever. And here's another thing. It's the only organization 
that's major charge is to care for people who aren't part of the membership. It's captured in that little word at the beginning of the Great Commission. Anybody remember how it starts? Go. Why do we go? Because there's people not yet in God's family. So go make disciples, followers of Christ, so that they too would have their lives changed and change the world with his love. And so... As you think about changing lives, think about reaching those who don't know Christ and growing those who do. And for that to happen, we've got to stay true to the commitments that we have as articulated in our seven values. So let's just read these together. The first value is what? A life of worship, worshiping God in all of life. The second value is the Bible's authority, centering our lives on God's truth. Third, richness of community growing together in Christ, joyful witness, sharing and living the good news, compassionate service, humbly extending his compassion to those in need, intentional training, preparing and releasing God's people for ministry, and finally, persistent prayer, devoting ourselves to pray continually. These are the values that drive our ministries and we hope are ingrained, as Kyle said, from our kids and our students to the senior adults. And as we hold to these values, it helps us reach our vision of seeing God change lives, our lives, our family members' lives, our friends, our work associates, our neighbors, our roommates' lives for Christ as we share his love to a world that desperately longs for it, whether they know it or not. So I'm gonna give some vision updates and then I'm gonna talk a little bit about the year ahead. So under um, reaching those who don't know Christ, there's been a lot that's happened in in the area of outreach. So this last year, we sent two more teams down to Guatemala. Why do we keep going back to Guatemala? Well, because we've got a partnership with a church called Los Olivos, the Olive Branch. And this is in Sumpongo, a town of about 30,000 outside of Guatemala City. Beautiful setting. And this church has a huge vision to reach the city, but all these neighboring communities, like El Rajon, where we did a VBS this last fall. And in that place, in the school, um, boy, we, we saw there's a lot of needs. They don't have a lot. And so we were able to give some of the leftover monies of that trip. Got a wonderful letter back that said we were able to help out over 100 families who are in extreme poverty and couldn't have sent their kids to school without our help. It wasn't a lot financially, but it was huge for them. That's why there's another team going this November, another 27 signed up, and there'll be more, but that's where we were this last year, high school students, the medical missions group that went out last fall. We also partnered with internationals. One of the cool things about being in Madison is the world is literally in our backyard, and so we're partnering with ISI, International Students Incorporated, and they ask international students, would you like to have a friendship partnership with somebody, a family, an individual from this country? And most internationals say, absolutely. They're starving for that. And so last year we started, we had 15 partnerships this year. I hope it's 30 to 50. So think about that. It's not a huge deal, but it's a great thing for you and for them. In a couple of years, we hope that's 100 to 200 people. This year, locally, our outreach had us moving in a lot of directions. One of the cool things was Super Sunday. Remember Super Sunday? Worshiping together at Manoa Terrace. And then 800 from the church family, young and old, blitzing, canvassing Madison 
just in practical ways demonstrating the love and mercy of Christ. And, and that just is not something so that we feel good about ourselves because we did our token deal. It's not about that. It's that it would be a catalyst to say, whether it's by us as a family, an individual, our small group, we're going to keep doing this through the year and hooking up with all the different kinds of ministries that we're hooked up with right here in Madison, like Habitat for Humanity. So here's a cool one. This last year, we were part of building a house for Xiao Zhang and her seven kids. A single mom with seven kids got a house. We helped build that house. That's really cool. This last year, we served meals for the homeless twice a month. We didn't just go and buy it at some restaurant. They showed up at noon and started cooking all afternoon, and they loved on those homeless people, and they did that twice a month, a team of people, all through this past year. This past year, we sent another team, our third team down to New Orleans to help. I was there. It's just still unbelievable, the needs that are there. And we're going to send out, hopefully, another team this November. And you can sign up even this week. They're starting to draw that thing to a close. But that was a great thing this last year. We provided a furnished apartment for Alyssa, who needed hope and a second chance for herself and her three young children. We were involved with CareNet Pregnancy Crisis Ministry, counseling, cleaning up, helping with some of the funds and resources there. And one of the cool things that we've recently been involved with is Shank Elementary School. You saw us cleaning the grounds for Super Sunday. We uh, gave them over a thousand books for a book drive. We gave them all kinds of winter clothing for a lot of these kids that didn't have this stuff. We helped out with some of the kids that needed more special attention and health care needs. And we gave the school a thousand dollars. And we just said, however it could help you educate and love on these kids. And they, they, guys, they've never seen anything like this before. They cannot believe the outpouring of love in the many ways that it's shown there at Shank Elementary School. How cool is that? The Proverbs puts it this way, the whole city celebrates when the godly succeeds. And our desire has always been that Madison wouldn't tolerate this church out here on the east side, but they'd celebrate. They'd be glad that there's a church here that really does care about the people of the community. The community has been coming through this bill. You don't know about it, but just about every homeowner association around us, they, they meet in this building. Chief Noble Ray, he comes into this building with a lot of his police officers, and they do training in this place. Cottage Grove schools have had meetings and orientations in this place. There's been blood drives, and there's been food drives all happening here and from here. This last year, we've been reaching out to children and to students. This last year, 40 to 50 students and children have placed their faith in Christ, saying, I want to follow him. I believe that Jesus died for me, that he loves me, and I want to show my love by living for him. How great is that? Another 20 or so adults gave their lives to Christ. We had 50 people get baptized this last year. It's been a huge thing. Outreach has been happening through Awanas, through our upwards basketball, through our soccer camps and our extreme outreaches and and our ongoing student ministries. It's been huge. This last year, people have been growing. They've been growing more like Christ in these home groups. A year ago, we had 33% of our people in in a small group, a home group. 
This year, we doubled it. We're at the 65%. We went from 12 home groups to 41. There's 900 people at Door Creek Church that are growing in small group relationships. And if you haven't found that yet, guys, don't go another year floating. Find that group of people that can build into your life and you into their life, get around the word, serve together. That's what tomorrow night's Quick Connect is about. 300 people got hooked into small groups last year through Quick Connect. That's the easy way to do it. It's tomorrow night, two hours. At the end of the night, you're going to be in a group. And you try it out for eight weeks. And if it's good after eight weeks, you sign on and let's do the year together. Sign up right to your right as you leave the auditorium this morning. Our goal is, though, to get 80% in small groups. So we got room to grow still. This last year, we started Saturday night dinners. You you guys don't know because you're the Sunday morning crowd, right? But let me tell you, it was huge. We about grew 50% and about... 250 to 300 people regularly were in the activity center sharing a meal together and it completely changed the feel, completely changed the feel of that Saturday night experience. If you haven't tried that yet, you might want to consider that this fall. will be starting back up on the 6th. This last year, we added a new staff in Paul Peterson, our middle school pastor. What a great, godly guy who loves junior high students. Is that awesome or what? Because I'll tell you what, When I was in junior high, I tested the love of any youth worker, (laughs) big time. We're so glad to have Paul and Amanda. This last year, our pathway classes got on track. All four of those were were taught, and you got to know about this. This is what we're saying. It's just basic stuff to help you grow. So this year, you got to be thinking, you know what? I, I should go through those. And going through those is as easy as one night. You can get through this class called Discovering Door Creek. This is why we do what we do the way we do. So you want to learn more about the church, what we believe, what drives us, what's our, um, you know, what's our DNA here. If you want to join the church, that's the class you go to. You don't have to do these in order, but that's the, uh, a logical first, cl- first class. The second one is our 201. It's called Discovering Spiritual Maturity. Here it's just, especially if you're new, if you're new in the faith, you go to this class and it's going to help you know, how do, how do I pursue a relationship with God every day? How do, how do I read this Bible? It seems really hard to read. What does it mean to have a life of prayer? What does it mean to exercise some of these other spiritual disciplines? That's that class. The third class, I teach this one on spiritual gifts. What does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? What's your gifts? How has God uniquely shaped you so that you can make a difference in somebody's life like Helen did in Serena's? And in one night, you can learn that and follow it up with a one-on-one consultation. The 401 then is discovering your mission. Your mission is, how do you fit in God's mission? Because there's only one deal going on, and that's the deal that we're supposed to be with, and that's God's deal. And how do we tie into that? And what does it mean to be a joyful witness? And how do we share not only our lives, as Paul says, but the gospel as well? So those are going. And that becomes like the core. And then there's going to be a bunch of new things. Like this year, expect a class on peacemaking. Pastor Wayne's been trained in that. That's going to be an excellent course for you to understand. How do I apply biblical principles in a relationship that's conflicted? That's the class. Then there's good sense. Good sense helps you know, how how do I honor God with, with my money? There's a whole bunch of us that are really struggling with debt. Good sense can help us 
get, get a handle on that, along with the financial counselors. But that's just an example of other classes that come around these core classes. This last year, we are celebrating um, God's goodness to help us give generously. Now, think about this last year. We had a theft early on. We had just some of the worst winter weather. We canceled services. A lot of us, we just couldn't get here because it was so bad. We figured when we looked out the front window, couldn't see the neighbor's house, maybe we should stay home, even though Door Creek was having church. I mean, it was just one of those wild winters. But you know what? Here we are, 50 weeks through the year. We got two more weeks of giving today and next week. And if you open up your bulletin, you're going to see this number. We're $4,000 from meeting budget this year. We're going to exceed budget two times in a row. Now, let me just give you a perspective. Wheaton, where I came from, is a wealthy suburb. And it was a giving church. I, I never in 23 years saw us outgive the budget. And we're going to do it two years in a row. Look at the trend in the last couple of years. Look at this next slide as you just put the numbers together. Our budget, 1.844. We're going to project our giving to come in over nine, 1,909,000. 65,000 over budget. Add to it what we've given to building, which isn't part of that 1.9. 254. Add to that what we gave in benevolence, 72,000. Two years ago, we gave 32. Last year, we gave 42. This year, we gave 72. You know where that money goes? It goes to people in our family who are going through a financial crisis. It goes to people in our community that are going through hard times. And you add those numbers together, and look at that, $2,235,000. God freed up from his people as we generously gave and often sacrificially gave. And that is just awesome. Here's a challenge. Some of us are on this first fruits thing. You know what first fruits is? It's a way to give your monies electronically. Don't worry about it. If you feel like you've got to change it in six months, you can change it. But what it means is you can take the commitment you make before God as you say, God, I want to give 10% or 5% or whatever God's laid on your heart. And, and you can do it. And whether you're here or on vacation or whatever, you'll get to the end of the year and you'll hit your goal. And you'll help us as we find ourselves fluctuating. And so our goal is to move from 15% of budget being given this way to 30 So if you're thinking about it, that's a great thing to do. Get one of those forms at the information table and you can sign up this year. This last year, we spent a lot of time growing deeper in God's word in all kinds of ministries. But here's this, remember what we studied together. We uh, studied a lot through the book of Mark as we walked with Christ to the cross and talked about the transforming power of the gospel. We went through the book of Ephesians together just rooting our identity in Christ and what it means to live out that identity and the relationships we have in the church or in our family. And then we, what did we just study? What was that book called again? Oh, that's right, good, James. And that was to remind us that faith, what? Works, it works. It's not just up here, but it works out. We're not hearers, but we're doers of the word of God. This next year, here's what you can anticipate. We're going to spend two weeks in the next two weeks on servanthood and serving. I'll tell you why in just a minute. Then we're going to do a four-week series starting September 13th and 14th on John 3.16, the numbers of hope. And we're going to just take that, the, the rhythm of that verse apart in four weeks. And then after that, there's going to be a great series that maybe will be the perfect series for someone that you know 
that right now one of these questions is a real barrier for them considering being a follower of Christ. We're going to call it questioning Christianity. Questions like, is there a God? How can you know? This Bible, they say it's written by men. How can I trust that this is really God's word and that it's authoritative, that it's true? Why would a good God who's all-powerful allow for suffering and evil? Why are Christians so intolerant? Why would a loving God send somebody to hell? And a bunch of other questions. So that will start mid-October. Take us into Christmas. After Christmas, we're going to get into how to read and study the Bible and understand the Bible, how we got it, how we read it, how we memorize it, how it forms our life, how it all holds together. I'm going to do in 145. Jackie's got to hear this one. I get 45 minutes that day. 145-minute message. We're going to go from Genesis to Revelation to show how the whole thing holds together. And then we're going to do the life of Daniel. And Daniel teaches us how to stand tall when we're in a hard place, when we're, we're living in a secular society like Daniel did. Then we're going to get in the book of Acts and look at the people, the church, that turned the world upside down. And we'll do a study through the first 12 chapters. So we got a lot of great things going on ahead of us as we look forward to this year. As we think about outreach this next year, think about Africa and think about we want to start a new sister church there and we're going to go on a scouting trip in February and I'll be excited to tell you what God started forging together. We've got a lot of partnerships and contacts already, but we're looking forward to solidifying a church, a sister church relationship and maybe an AIDS ministry that we can partner with as well. When you think about this next year and reaching more people for Christ, just know that's why we're doing the Video Cafe. It starts in uh, a couple of weeks here, the 13th and uh, actually the 14th, because that only meets on Sundays. So when you come regularly on Sundays, you should know that whether you come at this service or the one before, there will always be a concurrent service at the same time meeting in the activity center. And the reason we're doing that service is to reach more people for Christ. And so we're trying to maximize as many seats as we can at the times where most people are likely to come to church. It's not targeted for anyone. It's open for everyone. But we hope it'll be especially appealing for our teenagers and for our 20-somethings. Here's the statistics just to remind you how we are made up as a church. When you go to the age group from 33 on up, it's 75% of us. We're probably average age somewhere around 45, 46-ish, okay? When you look at the 18 to 32 group, that's about 12%. And you know what? We just read together, one generation needs to commend to the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of our God. It's our responsibility to make sure that there's not a generation that falls through the cracks, and right now, this younger generation across our land is falling through the cracks. But we're not going to let that happen by God's grace here at Door Creek. So we're going to turn up the, the heat there, and we hope that'll be appealing to our, our younger members. But it's open for who? Everyone. Okay, just checking. So w- what's it like? Well, let's put it this way. It's, it's not a twin of this service. It's more like a cousin. Okay. Uh, it's if you're looking for like a little smaller church experience it's going to be a little more intimate if you're looking for a little more informal kind of setting a setting that might be more conducive to bringing someone who doesn't usually go to church that's probably the place 
There'd be live musicians, probably a little smaller group than we have here, a little different feel. There'll be a pastor who welcomes everybody to that service and kind of leads us through that. And then the message, though, will be up on a screen. And if you're going, that sounds weird, just check it out and see if it is weird. And if it's weird for you and it doesn't work for you, it's okay. It's all right. So that's coming up. That means we need to pray about it. We need to think about, is there anybody I should be inviting to that service? When you guys filled out the survey and said, how did you come to church for the first time? 80-some percent of you said, somebody invited me. Somebody invited me. And think about who you can invite. Think about, hey, we need more technicians in the sound booth with the lights. We need more ushers and greeters. We need people to help with coffee and all the other parts and, and music and things. So think about, can I be part of that? Along with all the other things. And you can sign up for that later this morning as well. When you think about plans for this year, we, we know Boomerangs is going to be part of that. And who knows what God has in store. I think it's going to be a lot more than a resale store. A lot more. But I, I don't know how God's going to do it. But when I walked in that, I, I couldn't believe how big this space was. I couldn't believe how strategic it, it is placed there right down the mall from the major unemployment center, employment center here in Madison. And who knows how God's going to use that. This next year, we're going to add a VBS. Next summer, there's going to be a cool VBS to reach kids in our community during the evenings of one of the weeks of summer. This next year, we're going to have some serious plans move forward. We saw a concept on phase two a little while ago. By the way, this building project, you know, on this building that we're in right now, we still owe some money. If you're new here, it's good for you to know that. We started last year owning about $3 million. When all of our pledges come in that are due December 31st, we're going to be knocking at the door of $2 million by the end of this year. That's just huge. But we're working on phase two. There's a committee working on phase two. You saw the concept, and it's just that, a concept. And those plans are going to go to the stewardship board. And if they approve them, they're going to come to you, and you're going to understand what are we talking about and why are we spending money on brick and mortar. And um, you're going to have an opportunity to interact on that and give feedback on that. And that'll be probably this spring if it moves through the stewardship board. So there's going to be work being done, continue to be done on phase two. And then when it comes to growing people, two big things. We want to grow our church in the area of service and digging deeper in God's word. Here's what we know. 46% of us serve at least one to two hours a month. That means 54% of us, what? Don't. And I don't know why, for you, if you're in that 54, that you're not. Um, but we're going to make it hard for you to go another year where you're not serving. Not because we're going to give you a big guilt trip or go and start twisting your arm, but because you're going to have all kinds of resources and all kinds of motivations to say, I need to do that. I want to do that. I want to know how I can make a contribution in this place. So when you go out today, there's all those tables that talk about all the places you could serve and, and how to hook up and get some information. Every week, if you don't know this, just about every week in the atrium, there's a table set up with a couple people there. It's called Together We Serve. That's the place you can go and say, you know what, I haven't found a place to service. Could you help me? There's no quotas. They're not looking to slot you somewhere. If you find yourself serving and it doesn't work out, it's okay. We'll let you find the right place. Go to the Discover Your Gifts class. We'll teach it four times this year. And that will help you. I guarantee if you go there and want to serve, we'll get you to a place of service. Now, the other thing, though, we want to dig deeper in the Word. 
Here's what we know again from the survey. 52% of us said that we're in the Word of God once to twice a week outside of the services. 25% of us say not once during the week. Well, here's what I know, that this Word is my life, and it's your life if you're a follower of Christ. And if we're not in it, and if this thing isn't shaping how we think and reminding us how to stay on the the, the path of Christ and when we've gotten off track and the wisdom to know how to raise our kids and do marriage or do conflict or do my work thing or whatever it is, we need to be in the Word. So here's my goal. The January, 500 of us are going to sign up and say, I'm reading through the Bible. Now some of you are going, man, I've never got through Genesis, through Deuteronomy yet. So I don't know if I can do it. Well, you know what? Just take the New Testament this year. But 500 of us say, I'm going through the Bible. That's adults. And then 250 children and students say, I'm on for, for the New Testament. What do you think will happen in your life, in this church's life, if 750 adults and kids are working their way through the Bible? Huge, because it's living and active and powerful. A double-edged sword, the writer of Hebrews says. So here's the last challenges. And I'll use my hands to give the, the three points. The, the first challenge is this. It's really easy in life to do this, to hold on too tightly to the things God has given us, whether it's our money, whether it's our kids, whether it's a, a special someone in our life, a career, a job. It's too easy to, to not trust God and open up our hands. This is a year where we need to open up our hands and grow as generous givers not just because we got a 19 percent increase in our budget not because we need to keep whittling away at this debt not just because there's going to be a lot more people in this church that are going to go through hard economic times with this unstable economy but because god wants us to open up our hearts not just our hands and when he has our treasure our money he's got our heart So this is a challenge this year. Another challenge is that we're going to need to do this more this year. Less pretending that I can do this, that I'm in control of my life. God, I don't need you right now. But continually reminding myself as I pray, I am desperately dependent upon God for all things. This next breath that I'm drawing, I only draw it because of his grace. I'm not smart enough. I'm not I'm not strong enough to do what needs to be done as a man, as a husband, as a father. I need to pray more. We need to pray more. If we think for a moment that we can do what God's calling us to do without complete dependence upon him, we're kidding ourselves. And if anything's being done, it'll be some kind of a charade like changing the chairs on the Titanic. We need to be people of prayer. And the last thing I'd say is this, and I'm I'm just going to speak to the men and to the young men here. We need to stop this. This is kind of a, it's a very closed thing. It's a very, it's kind of a cynical thing. And um, it's, it's putting distance between you and God and the people in your life. And this is a year where we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this before God and, and feel his embrace, his love. We, we need to do this to, um, maybe God's asking you to open up your arms to a fifth grade group of boys and be a shepherd 
And 10 years from now, you can be up here telling your story of how God used you in little Jimmy's life and he's never been the same. Maybe God wants you to open up your arm and just love on some squirrely, obnoxious little junior high kid like I was because there's probably going to be a future pastor. Maybe God wants you to open up your arms to an international student or to somebody down at the resale store at Salvation or Habitat or CareNet or IHN or Shank or Guatemala or, or maybe it's going to be your neighbor or, or your roommate or someone that you work with. And I pray that we would be really in tune every day as we are willing to walk across the room. God, what are you saying? Where are you taking me today? That it's an adventure. That there's nothing ordinary about this year. That you don't look back and go, I don't have a clue what happened. Because I just kind of was in this little robotic step, 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 and I don't know. And I hope you can look back over this last year and say, here's what God has done. That'd be a great thing to reflect on this, this week. And that it wouldn't be business as usual and that God would change your life and together we would change the world. Let's pray. God in heaven, you are a good God. And um, we don't want this to be an ordinary year as we look forward and we know it wasn't an ordinary year looking back. But the truth is there, there are people right here, myself included, at many points we missed it. You want us to get on board and we just didn't. Our arms were folded. We had reasons, rationalizations and we missed out on the adventure and we don't want to do that this year. And we don't want anybody to miss out on your love. And so for anybody who's here and for those who aren't here, Lord, may we shine for you until you come. In Christ's name, amen.